You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I've got another restaurant we haven't talked about, too. Let me just throw out a little sagebrush for you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's Wes. Sagebrush. That used to be in Winston, too. Shout out to Cactus Jacks in uh, Winston-Salem. And Walker. What it's makes no me there. laugh is Fitty being so seduced by some of these restaurants. <laughs> right. Let me throw sagebrush. Oh, my God. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Throw the peanuts. Yes, Walker. Sagebrush. Yeah. This song doesn't quite match the energy that we've had today, but so be it. It's Friday. It's 2 o'clock, and Fiddy is going to get his Billy Joel in. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Thanks to Terry Rogier. That interview, we'll put that on the website, WFNZ.com. Just click the Wesson Walker tab. You can catch all of our best of segments, our hours, plus our interview as well with Jeff Taylor of Bay Hackle Sports talking a little high school football. We got a lot of texts rolling in on the text line, 704-570-9610. Desmond Ritter's ninth cousin wrote in, Wes, don't bother. Walker is turning into a Homer hater. 704, <laughs> typical whack-ass Walker, giving whack-ass takes. I like the, the, well, I don't know if I do like the self-depreciation. I mean, you uh, chose the text to talk bad about you to read out. Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm here for it. Oh, that's just... You want these all are the text. smoke at all times. Well, no, these are the texts. I'm, I'm reading the text. These are a couple of them that rolled <laughs> well, in Go ahead and read the one. They, they bash at me, too, so go ahead and get that in. Uh, bagel guy wrote in, Wes probably has Purdy Elite. Uh, you got that one ready pretty quickly. Uh, King McQueen said, I hope Josh Allen isn't a part of the elite QBs. A poor man's cam with a better receiving core and O-line. KC Steve said, Wes, Wes, Wes. There are not 10 elite QBs in the league, man. And this is the one I want to end on mm -hmm. because this is when I started Wes seeing him go to work. 704 said, please name those 12 elite QBs. Just to be clear, it was 10. But he said, please name those elite QBs. I saw you grab the mighty pen <laughs> and you started looking. You started saying, forget drum. I'm doing the research myself. So let's go down the list of all of the elite quarterbacks that are currently in the NFL as it stands right now. Wes, who do you have according to uh, or who are your elite QBs? All right. The guys that I got at 10, uh, 10 guys. In no particular order. Uh, yeah, I do have Josh Allen in there. I know the playoffs, he does choke it up. But this is a guy that <laughs> hasn't had a running game pretty much since he's been there. Okay. But he definitely puts that offense on his back every week. And right now, he's the league's leader in uh, passing yards and all of that. So I got Tua in there. Okay. Okay. Lamar Jackson. So Josh Allen, Tua, Lamar. Joe Burrow. Spoken on that Burrow. Pat Mahomes course justin herbert my guy jalen hurts <laughs> in the background yeah i mean it's questionable too because i saw the stat about uh he's got the most losses i think uh since he's been in the league out of all the quarterbacks but uh, i got him jerry goff okay matt stafford kurt cousins okay those are your 10 elite quarterbacks yeah how do we define elite is that really what we're doing? Are we, we're, we're sports radio yep. hardcore. <laughs> People love to talk about quarterbacks, but I go by the stats, and I think it could go 
Uh, a little bit of your rep- reputation is baked in as well. But I also also like to add in how you're playing currently. And I mean, Tua Tungavailoa, yes, you did bring up the astute point during the break of his numbers in their losses have not been good. And when you talk about strength of schedule, perhaps it looks like maybe he hasn't shown up in some of the bigger games. That's definitely a fair point. But at the end of the day, the book hasn't been written for the Dolphins or this team uh, as a whole yet and for him as a totality of his season. But it's still his numbers are off the charts. When you're talking 71%, over 2,000 yards already, 15 touchdowns to six picks. Uh, where's Dak on the list? Is he too? Is he far off this? You don't like Dak? I think Dak is above average. He's got some that. impressive numbers too, though. Yeah, He's I got think two he... playoff wins. Get the hell out of here. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just I'm asking Wes, Fitty. I, I mean, currently he's twenty first in the NFL in passing yards. He does have some nice seasons under his belt as well, but you're talking about a guy's of reputation for big games um, uh, not showing up as well, and that offense has struggled mightily this season. I think you might if you could, like Trevor Lawrence, not on this list. I thought about Trevor Lawrence as well, man, but he still doesn't put up the, the gaudy numbers on a continual basis. I, I do think that he's coming up, though. I think he's right outside. He's on the cusp, I feel like. So, Aaron, and no Brock Purdy is not in there for all of y'all out there trying to say that. Uh, the other quarterbacks I just wanted to roll over just real quickly. You know, Geno now, mm-hmm. how close is he to making this list? Uh, Geno, like I said, for the most part in his career, I mean, he's a one-year wonder to this point. What about Aaron Rodgers, who is not playing? But <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers isn't even quarterback. I mean, there's no denying that. I mean, the Just guy's a big ask. time play. He's a big time player. Just wanted to ask. All right, those are the elite QBs, according to one Wes Bryant here of Wes and Walker. We don't have one here now with Bryce Young. Not yet. We're certainly hoping that he can turn into an elite QB, maybe in three, four years, maybe five, maybe a little bit longer. If it takes a little longer, then, you know. He might just be what he is at that point. But we're certainly hoping for better days ahead for the number one overall pick. And so the question for not only the Houston Texans and how da- and how dangerous do they consider the Panthers passing attack? Because it's really it's not been very dangerous. How fearful should the Panthers be of Houston's passing attack? Because wherever we have them ranked, C.J. Stroud has been very good this season, certainly better than we expected in his first six, seven games. Well, yeah, we talked about it at the top of the show. When you talk about this team and the way that they attack, and uh, you always want to look at yards per pass attempt to see that. And I think with the Panthers, especially with the depleted secondary, but regardless, uh, this team is fourth in passing yards per attempt at 7.8. So they're going to attack you, and they have – Uh, young, skillful, fast, wide receivers that can take the top off of the defense, but they can also uh, hit you underneath as well. When you talked about those crossing routes and some of the things that they do in the middle of the football field, uh, Dalton Schultz has also been a guy that's been playing really good football coming over from Dallas. So Houston can attack you from a uh, plethora of ways. So I think that they should be very fearful of what this passing attack can bring. And we've talked about the passing of C.J. Stroud as far as the accuracy. I mean, that was his M.O. coming into this draft as far as what he could do there. And so when you're talking about a quarterback that plays with timing, throws with anticipation, and has the requisite weapons to be able to do so, for sure, this is a dangerous passing attack. Let's hear from Ajero Averro, the defensive coordinator for Carolina, discussing Houston's QB and how in command he is. What I would say is that, uh, first of all, uh, I see a guy that plays very, very fast within their system. 
uh, it's hard to, you know, because I don't know what they're teaching him, what they're coaching him on. Um, but he's, from my vantage point, he's seen the field. He has command of what they're asking him to do. He knows where the ball's supposed to go. So from that standpoint, he's doing a heck of a job. Um, and so we just have to do a good job with uh, pressuring them, obviously being good in our coverage, doing our job to the best of our ability to try to minimize them. Obviously, you want to get pressure on these rookie QBs. That's the MO for any young quarterback that you go after. Yeah, Derek Brown and the defensive line, Brian Burns, it has felt a little quiet from them the last couple of games. Yes. The defense as a whole, honestly. And so we're going to have to figure out, is it because they were facing a good offense like Miami? Is it because they were facing a good offense like Detroit? And now facing what has been a pretty good offense, not crazy, not like those other two teams, but still a pretty good offense despite the lack of rushing success, is this where you can start to get Derek Brown and Brian Burns going again? Brian Burns, a limited participant. I don't believe we got any bad news with a couple of your updates, Fiddy, on the injury report. We didn't get any bad news on Brian Burns. Just he's a, just questionable. To right. So with him being questionable, if he suits up, do you think this is the game where the defensive line can start to get after the quarterback, unlike they have the last couple weeks? Um, Yeah, man, when you start to get this deep into the season, I feel like you kind of are what you are. And this is a Panthers defense that's tied for 22nd in the league in sacks. And so at this point, when you're coming into this game and scouting this team, this is the team that you're not very fearful of their pass rush. And we know that Miami gets the football out at one of the fastest rates in all of football. But this team, they just – Derek Brown, as we said, we know the different positions that he has played within this defense. And it's, you know, he's no Warren Sapp or any of those guys that's going to give you double-digit sacks from the interior. That's just where we are with him, and we know that's what type of player he is. He's yet to register a sack on the season. Brian Burns, again, the game still doesn't look like it's developed to the point to where he's just a guy that's going to dominate tackles on a regular basis with so many moves that they don't know what to do with them and then just overpowering them when he wants to, like some of the more elite pass rushers in the league. So I don't think the Texans really have any reason to be too worried about what the Panthers are going to bring to the table from a pass rush perspective. Yeah, they're in the top half of the league uh, in sacks allowed offensively sitting there top for 13th in Houston. So they're capable of giving up sacks. But this is the offensive line that has been protecting their quarterback very well. Uh, and they're making the most of it. And with C.J. Stroud back there, knowing what he's doing, getting the football out to those guys and attacking downfield. And I think it's all the more impressive considering the run game, the lack of run game that they've had. You're sitting there, you can't get 100 yards per game rushing, but yet you still have wins on the season and you're still playing very well from a passing standpoint. They're fifth in the league in passing net yards per game. So uh, I think, Pass game-wise, it's very impressive what they've been able to do considering the lack of a rush attack. All right, let's get to some Panthers updates. After Frank Reich spoke to media earlier today, Joe Person on his Twitter account, at Joseph Person, discussed a couple comments. Frank Reich said there's no correlation between Brian Burns' elbow injury and the trade deadline injured during yesterday's practice and underwent further tests today. If he doesn't suit up, that means no Brian Burns, no YGM, no Marquise Haynes. The edge, the, the edge rushing is going to be non-existent unless Justin Houston just has a crazy game. But that's who you're going to have to rely on. It's going to be tough. 
Derek Brown's going to have to have a monster game. That's a lot to ask from him, especially if you're now Derek Brown has been a monster against double teams ever since he set foot into the league. One of the best double team beaters in all of the NFL, according to advanced stats, a couple of different publications pointing that out. So maybe if you have a guy that can beat those double teams and get after the quarterback, I'll take Derek Brown as much or close to the likes of a Dexter Lawrence or some of the top two or three defensive tackles in the league. That's about it. If you put two constantly have Derek Brown play, what, 70% of the snaps, man, that's going to wear down a big fella. And then you're going to have to look for some kind of production elsewhere. And you're looking for Justin Houston. If it doesn't come from Justin Houston at that time, it's what shy Tuttle. Yeah. I mean, YGM's disappeared. He's he's hurt. He's, he's not going to suit up. Right. And so now when you talk about, there's just not enough on this team from a depth perspective, as far as pass rushes go to be able to do that. And the blitzes aren't affecting much either. So, Frankie Louvu looks like he's going to step out there and play. They need him to come in and be able to supplement some of that as well because an elbow injury for a pass rusher, man, considering how much you use your hands and how much you have to bench guys off of you and do all those things, you know, there's no guarantee that Brian Burns, even if he does play in this game, that he's able to finish the game. Yeah, hopefully Brian Burns can play. Hopefully he can be effective once again. We have a couple of other defensive injury updates. Frankie Louvu, Xavier Woods, they're trending toward being on the field. Xavier Woods is a big one. He's been out the last couple of games. Luvu, Reich called him an anchor. I think we all know that. But with Xavier Woods coming back, maybe that helps you in the pass defense. If Brian Burns can come back, that's good on the pass rushing front. Yeah. But now if Xavier Woods comes back, the secondary starting to get a little healthier. Still not healthy by any means, but getting healthier compared to the injuries they suffered early in the season. That would be big, especially if C.J. Stroud is looking to attack downfield against this Panthers defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's going to be a total team effort in this football game, but it's got to start up front, man. And whether Everett's going to have to dial up more blitzes than normal, which he may have to do to be able to affect this Houston attack. And I think like any uh, wily defensive coordinator, they're going to try to confuse C.J. Stroud and, and catch him into some things and maybe get some mistakes out of him because, like I said, he leads the league in interception percentage point five percent of his throws wind up in interception so that's been an impressive fact about his game too because it's hard to fool him and you know that the nfl is huge on that especially when you talk about rookies defensive coordinators are going to throw everything they can to confuse these young guys to force them into mistakes another injury update too of course with austin corbett in case you missed it earlier in the show calvin throckmorton he's going to start at left guard austin corbett will go back to his normal right guard spot. So now, Calvin Throckmorton, Austin Corbett, they're going to be starting alongside Bradley Bozeman in the interior. It's been a huge weakness for this team, protecting Bryce Young. You're hoping that Corbett coming back, even if Corbett isn't elite, even if he's not a pro bowler, elite Corbett is going to be better than the other guards that they've had at that spot. Yeah, and just to to, to big, piggyback off what we were saying defensively, man, and not being able to fool Stroud, did you see the clip uh, where he talked about how he was able to fool Jesse Bates because he told Dalton Schultz to change his route uh, before the play, man. And that's pretty cool stuff from a rookie. And considering, you know, Bryce Young had trouble, Jesse Bates got right. him twice uh, in a football game. So definitely C.J. Stroud's going to make his mistakes. He's got plenty of interceptions to come. But uh, just the way that he's playing right now and the, where his mind is as a rookie, it's impressive. All right. So those are some more updates 
injury wise on the Panthers and a little more analysis. We got a couple more segments to go as well. Shrop props coming up at two thirty, and Wesson Walker the walk off. Also, the week that was. We got a lot more to get to here on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. How about a little college basketball talk on the other side of the break? Shropian Studio, ready to give us the props here in a moment. Segment that debuted, I believe, a few weeks back when we were at the racetrack. I thought, you know what? While Shroppy's filling in for Josh Fitty Marlowe, might as well put him to work a little bit more so, even when he's not on the ones and twos. And so Shrop's props were born. We'll get to that in just a moment. I did want to recap some college basketball talk a little bit here with some of the takeaways that we had. Carolina going to be played. Yeah, Willie P here, by the way, as well. And uh, was noticing my cutoff because how could you not? The arms are... Can't miss it, baby. Very white. They're not very big, but they're shining bright, not in a good way. And so they're probably blinding Willie as he was walking by. Seriously? Yeah, big shout to Willie. (laughs) Big shout to Willie. Uh, I know your Tar Heels are in action tonight. A a scrimmage against St. Augustine, correct, Fiddy? Are you excited about that one? Um, It's an exhibition, Walker. Put some respect on the... I'm disrespecting everything. The Falcons from the CIAA. But yes, they are in their public exhibition tonight. Okay. You excited about it? Oh, hell yeah. It's, <laughs> you said it's it, basketball season. It's college basketball season. Um, first chance to really get to see the boys against a you know, a different team, one that I'll be doesn't have this the you know, the gifts, the abilities that the Tar Heels have, but we're still gonna get to see him for the first time. So it's 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 an exciting time for sure. Well, and you know, this was something we were talking about too before the show. When we were at ACC tip off, people got to put in their votes for the preseason all ACC squad. First team, second team, we got preseason player of the year votes rolling in, preseason rookie of the year votes rolling in, and preseason first team comes in as this, Wes. Mm -hmm. We got Kyle Filipowski, Armando Baycott, P.J. Hall from Clemson, Reese Beekman from Virginia, Norchad Omir out of Miami. So that's the first team. Second team, Judah Mintz from Syracuse, Nigel Pack from Miami, Blake Henson from Pittsburgh, Tyrese Proctor from Duke, and Quentin Post from Boston College. So those are the top 10 guys. I was looking for RJ Davis when I was watching this list, seeing it come out and surprised to not see him anywhere. I thought maybe just maybe there would be a little buzz for RJ Davis on preseason player of the year award watch list. I thought that would be a little too far, but I I was looking down there as well because a couple of other guys got some votes. I thought he'd be in others receiving votes, but we didn't see RJ Davis on here. They got my boy Fiddy angry. Wes, should he be angry that R.J. Davis is not a preseason top 10 player, according to the ACC voters? Yeah, uh, I do think he has a case when you look at him. I mean, 16 points last season, three assists, five boards, but he shot 43% from the field, almost 44%. And he shot 36% from three. So I think that you could probably take Judah Mintz at least off of the second team and put an R.J. Davis there. Uh, and then I thought about uh, the Reese Beekman angle as well. Maybe you could go there if you wanted to. Taking so, Beekman yeah. off and putting Davis in yeah. or maybe Beekman down. Yeah, Davis I think up. that uh, Fiddy has a legitimate gripe here. I was surprised, Fiddy. I don't think this is homerism. I thought I was surprised yeah. too. And, and you guys, can I get credit given a Carolina player credit? I mean, Go scratch yourself! <laughs> 
<laughs> nowhere. He was asking for credit, and nah. then he said, "No, thank nope. you. Not you in these streets. <laughs> you don't get any credit. I'll give you some credit. I appreciate. I mean, it, it's fine with me. You can hate on it if you want to. I thought it would have been an interesting combo, but I'm with you. I I think R.J. Davis should have been on this list somewhere. And uh, Fitty, your boy, nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard pressed to to find me ten better players in the ACC. Then R.J. Davis. I mean, Quentin Post, you, you play at a New Balance school, bro. When you're out here thinking you're a better player than R.J. Davis. Quentin Post is nice. He, I've, yeah, I've he, done my share of Boston College games. He, he's a ball. He's a nice little player. He's going to help <laughs> them win, what, 12, you 13 But games? you got to have bigs, though. You got to look at guards to take off over him. I mean, you're going to have some bigs. Quentin Post is one of the better bigs, so I think he's on that willingly. But what guards would you replace? I would take him over Tyrese Proctor. And look, I know Tyrese was nice down the stretch. R.J. Davis is a four-year player in this conference. What about oh. Nigel Pack? Oh, I, I, I like nah, Nigel Pack. I, I like know, Nigel man. Pack. I like Nigel Pack a lot. I'm that just, dude's a certified bucket getter. He is. Is yeah, he nice? Yeah. Well, that. But that's the point because Proctor's really good. You know how much I love Proctor. I, but I could see Fitty's point though. I mean, last year he didn't average double-digit scoring, but he did get better as the season went along. Well, and this is right. And this is projection. And he goes second team, so it's not like he's getting a ton more respect. It's just he's barely squeaking in there outside of R.J. Davis. Yeah, I wonder if R.J. is the victim of the team falling short of expectations overall last year. Well, and the report that he got mad that he was on the Jerry West preseason award watch list, not the Bob Cousy. I do wonder if semantics and optics played a role in this. Could have, maybe. Because I was just flabber. I was recording when this when this happened, and I was just like, like there's no way this is yep. at, this <laughs> this isn't accurate. I mean, Fitty, we talked about it here a lot. It was it definitely was it was just weird more than anything that you would want to be off of an award watch list because it was at the wrong position, acting like NBA scouts aren't going to know what your true position should be in the association. I mean, they're going to know. They're going to know if North Carolina is not using you right. They they've employ people to do that stuff. <laughs> the NBA has got a whole scouting department to recognize if you're playing out of position and just how good you are at your actual position at basketball. It's not going to care if you're on the Jerry West award watch list. That yeah. was such a weird uh, demand or request from him. Now, Carolina is represented in preseason rookie of the year. No surprise here. Elliot Cadeau is ranked as the preseason rookie of the year. What do we think about the, the, uh, the order of finish? It's right. I don't even have it in front of me. What's the order of finish? Uh, so you got, uh, when you talk about the top 10, oh, I see now. Duke is one, Miami's two, yep. Carolina three, Virginia, Clemson, Wake, NC State, VTech, Pitt, and Syracuse. I was shocked. They really? had Wake finishing sixth. Yeah, there's eight pros on that roster, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually agree with this list, though. And 44 votes came in for Duke, five for Miami, one for North Carolina, one for Virginia. And then here's Clemson. Um, yeah, I think your boy Josh Graham, Fitty, WSJS, had Clemson number two, number three, something like that. And uh, well, you also picked birdie. Miami to win yeah. the ACC this year. So let's, yeah, you let's, know what? Though? He, said, <laughs> he said you was too. Get it right. <laughs> I was gonna say too. Remember my birdie? What I they know. said about Clemson as well. So Clemson's getting some buzz. Adding Joe Girard uh, in there as well, <laughs> and then uh, my man from NC State that they got Jack, Jack Clark. Clark. Uh, but Miami, I feel like definitely could have swapped with Duke. But obviously, you're going off what Duke has coming back with those freshmen coming yeah. in, and they've got the mix that you want to look for when you talk about some guys with some seasoning like a Jeremy Roach coming back with the Filipowski and those guys. But Miami, man, add Matthew Cleveland, too. 
No, Miami's going to be a problem. They're going to be pretty good, man. And so is Virginia. I think Virginia's going to be really good this year. Yeah, you know Tony Bennett, man. He's always going to have those guys. And if they have not, if they don't have the type of year that they want, you know he's going to bounce back with Avengers. He just finds guys to fit his system. Last thing before we get to Shrop's props, I do want to focus on the Blue Devils a little more. Different team than what we've seen the last couple of years with just how many guys they have coming back and the influx of new talent coming in. It is a great mix of both. But even so, all the talent coming back is just an embarrassment of riches for them. Yeah. John Shire knew it. I asked him, how many guys did you think was going to return? He said, yeah, I, I was pretty surprised. And then they found out quickly because Proctor made his decision so early, just really early. I know we were waiting for a while for Filipowski to decide whether he was going to come back, but then they all do. Mark Mitchell, even Jeremy Roach as a lead guard for them. This is third time, second time coming back, third year going in for the Duke Blue Devils. So, yeah, man, Duke, this feels like a different team, Fiddy, and you can't have any problem with them being number one. They feel like a vintage Roy Williams UNC team where they know, bring back a lot of experience. Yep. You add the little bit of talent, whether it's from the portal or from the high school ranks. I had no quarrels with them being preseason picked to win the conference. I was going to ask you guys, though, about Elliot Cadeau. Is he the most intriguing ACC freshman since Zion, or am I looking at that with Carolina Blue Eyes? Yeah, I think you're looking at it with Carolina Blue Eyes. But what I will say is I do think he's going to be a really good player. And when they were in our room talking about him and when we asked about him, I mean, guys were glowing and they had just hyperbolic things to say about him, just saying just how talented he is and what he brings to the table. The only reason I don't say that he was on Zion's level was just because from a social media perspective, the buzz that Zion had coming in and all the things that he did, not quite the same as Elliot Cadeau coming in. But as far as just a pure play and what he could bring to the table, there is a lot of excitement, too, when you talk to those guys about what he's going to bring to this basketball team. I think Paolo is the answer. I don't think it's crazy, but I think Paolo's got to be the guy. I know you don't love Paolo. Oh, Go scratch yourself! Yeah, he, he pressed that button angrily and missed it the first time. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I heard some Don LaGreca. No, Paolo was mad, Paolo was mad intriguing coming in. I yeah. was really interested to see And they've got another great class coming in, yep. too, when you talk about Jared McCain uh, coming in, number three player uh, at his position, top 15 in the country, TJ Power, top 20 player. I mean, all four of the freshmen that they have coming in are top 25 players, according to 247 composite scores. So this is quite a talented uh, freshman class they've got coming. And you know Duke, they always have an influx of talent coming in. Uh, since 2012, Duke has had nine freshman of the year olivier hanlon winning one with boston college dsj with nc state and scotty barnes for florida state just a couple years ago those were the only non-duke players to win acc rookie of the year all right here's a rookie kinda shroppy have you been here a year yet <laughs> no december right. december 19th okay so it's okay. still your rookie season all right so you're you're starting to be one of those rookies that's not really a rookie anymore but it's late into the season. We're in the NCAA tournament, and now you're really coming on strong, especially with your new segment. It's Shrops Props. We have the open for that set and ready to go. You're just bringing in the music. Okay, here we go. Shrops Props. Shrop gives us a couple of prop bets to bet the over-under on, and then we see who wins on a Monday. Shrop, what you got for us the first time? All right, so to start us off, we have Adam Thielen once again on this list. He is at six receptions. Adam Thielen, it's, yeah, I'm going to take yeah, give the Give me over. the over Whew. all day long. Uh, I mean, what's the argument against it at this point? Is there one? I 
Thielen's got to be the guy they're funneling he all the time. He's the guy, and teams still can't stop All him, right, so here, yeah. here's here's my argument. I just tried to think of one. I, I'm going the over. Thomas Brown trying to get the tight end more involved in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do it. If you're trying to get Mingo involved with that yak ability that Brown might, you know, might want to exploit, then maybe that's the argument. But I'm not going to bet on it. Just perhaps that's the way that Thielen doesn't hit the over and on the, the six receptions. Too, you know, he plays in the slot. You can't jam a guy at the slot, man. And when you are an adept route runner like Adam Thielen is, that's hard to deal with. All right, so we're both taking the over on Adam Thielen's six receptions in this game against Houston. What's the next prop? Moving on to the backfield, we have Miles Sanders at 36 and a half rush yards. Mm. Okay, there's a couple things to take here. One, it's so low. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if they're going to roll with Chuba. I would be interested in what the Miles Sanders receiving yards prop is with Thomas Brown as the OC. But I'm going to take the under on this. Man, all Ooh. it is, it's it's so low. I'm with you. But Chuba, yeah. I'm taking the under. I'm Give me it. at the Miles comments this week. This will be the last time I'll take over on him if he does not get the job done. But I like what he said. I feel like he's going to come out and play angry. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you'd hope he can get over 36 and a half. But <sighs> maybe not. We'll all right. What wait. you got? So Bryce Young. This one is passing and rushing yards combined. Okay, I like it. 243 and a half. Give me the over. I'm taking the over. Quick with it. I, I've been I've been operating under the assumption that the Panthers are going to be down, and the game script is just copy and paste it to the next week as long as you're playing a good opponent. If I'm going with Miles Sanders on the under, one, that's a little bit of factoring in what Chuba's going to do. But 240 total? I think you get that just passing. So, yeah, I'm going to take the over on Bryce Young. I'll take it, too, just because this Houston defense, like I said, Ben, but don't break 25th in the league in yards allowed per game. So I'll take the over two for Bryce. Cool. And then we're actually switching it up here. We're going to move to some round ball here. Round oh, ball look props. at you. Okay, Shrop. Mm, so we have LaMelo Ball tonight versus the Pistons. 17 field goals attempted. That's a lot. Uh, 18 was attempted by PJ. I'm trying to see. Do you have the number on what happened last game with LaMelo's field goal attempt? 15. 15 of them. I'm going to go under. Okay. You said 17? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going to go under because the Hornets have so many mouths to feed on offense. I don't think he'll take over 17 shots. Yeah, and plus he's coming back from injury. Steve Clifford made it a point to mention that he's not in a rhythm yet. And then we found out the information that he was barely cleared by the time we started training camp, started the preseason. I'm gonna take the under two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna that one's a tough one, hard one. But yeah, I'm gonna you got go a lot of guys to feed as a point guard at the Hornets, man. Under on 17 field goal attempts for Lamelo Ball. How many more you got? I got two more. Let's do it. All right, Mark Williams, my boy. Ten rebounds. Over. Bam. Smash Over. it. Me Just too. smash it. Bang. Bang. If bang. If he can play 30 plus <clears throat> minutes or whatever it is, I think he's definitely a double digit rebounder. Yeah, had 15 in this last game. A little bit of the Sean May Illinois championship rebound that got him the double double. Did you have results from last week too? For Shroppy? Did we, we didn't do, do it last That's week. That's right. Okay. Because they're on by. Okay. Yep. All right. And then go yeah. ahead, Shroppy. Okay. Uh, this one's kind of a bonus. It's a hockey one. You know, I had to slide it in. I have no clue. You know, what I had to slide it in. <laughs> Sebast- what you got? Sebastian Ajo, three shots on goal. <laughs> That's tricky. Come who they on. got tonight? The Wasaya. They're playing the Sharks, who are 0-6-1. Yeah, I'm going over on that. Okay. Give me the over. 
All right. If so. I don't, if I have no clue what's going to happen regarding a prop, just give me the over okay. to have some fun here. So, so the only one you guys differ on this week is the Miles Sanders. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was that a good take on the Aho prop? Drop yeah, it. yeah, I think I think I'll go over. I really do, just because San Jose has been really struggling this All right. year. So. That's they got to win. We're four and three now. Yeah, they're four and three. Yeah. Do you want to give us some? three and three in there? All right, so here we are about to go to a fifty flash. But before we do that, what is your real quick rapid fire Hurricanes take to the start of the season? Well. It's obviously been kind of a disappointing start. I think that the defense has been lackluster. Obviously, the goaltending has been bad, but obviously, um, it's it's tough. I think last night was a good comeback win against the Kraken, and also I think we had a rough start to the season because we were on the West Coast for so long, yeah. and that just wears down on you with all those ten o'clock games and all the travel. So I think um, once we start playing at home, we'll. We'll get back in the room. Yeah, six straight on the West Coast. And then they've got two at home, counting last night's game. And then they go back on the road for their East Coast trip, Philly, and then both of the New York squads. But, yeah, man, been very disappointed uh, with that defense. They had lost three in a row before last night. So, hopefully, they right the ship. I mean, they're the Stanley Cup favorite. Sometimes I like adversity with teams because I feel like it builds them for the long run. But, yeah, man, I don't want the Canes to be out here looking lackluster. All right, big shout to Shroppy, helping us out with some Shrop Pops. Uh, Shrop Props. Shrop Pops is your dad. I just made a new nickname. Yeah, now we got Pop a Fitty. Shrop's Pops. <laughs> Shrop Pops. We got Papa Fitty. I like the dads making the rounds here at Wesson Walker. And they're 4-4. Four four. All right, so there you go. Those are the record of the hockey analysis. Shrop's Props. All that good stuff. We'll go to one more segment. But before that, we got to get to the last Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? It's actually the uh, the first fitty flash of the show, guys, and I figured out why you didn't want to let me flash you today. And that's because, you know, we got the running joke about how many games would it take the Hornets to miss Kelly Oubre. And now they didn't miss him the other (laughs) night because P.J. Washington was fantastic. But if he does what he did last night, which was score 27 points and 32 minutes and have the best plus minus of any of any 76er of any Milwaukee Buck. It's gonna be hard to say that the Hornets should have brought this guy back, but he was nine eleven from deep or nine eleven from the field, five of six from deep was a big reason why the Hardenless Sixers were even in the game. And uh, as a Kelly Oubre stand, it was fun watching my man put together a performance. I'd love to see him doing the purple and teal Walker. <laughs> love a good high variance game from Kelly Oubre, man. When he shoots the ball well, and look, out of all of the clowning that we've done back and forth about Kelly Oubre. Nobody can ever take away the first half of the season that he had a couple of years ago when he was going nuclear. He was going bonkers. And that game, that game was reminiscent to what he was able to do in the first half a couple of years ago. Kelly Oubre, big Obi, your boy, Wes. Big Obi yeah. in a big way, man. So we'll see if he can keep that up this season. I mean, until Harden comes back, that should give him a few more shots. And uh, I just love to see... Fitty gloating when his man uh, balls out. Uh, I actually, I wish I would have gone to it earlier, to be honest with you. Yeah. I kind of wanted the smoke on that one. Do you think the Philly fans or the Philly broadcasters call the Tsunami Poppy, or are they too stuck up 
to do something mm, like that I don't because know. Philly fans are the worst. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. What I really want to see happen is Kelly take James Harden's starting spot, and then you go crazy on this here, Mike. That's what I want to see. He took his <laughs> girlfriend, took his job. What else could he take? Mr. Steal Your Girl, Mr. Steal Your Spot. <laughs> Tsunami <laughs> Poppy. One more segment to go. It's the week that was on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Brought it in real right. We were yelling at the beginning of the show. We were yelling in the last hour. We were having some fun. Fiddy was already starting the show off with an argument against his best friend. We had Shrop join the party in the studio. Crazy Friday show here on Wesson Walker. Continuing at least for just one more segment. Now, I don't know how we're going to work the game day picks the rest of the year because we've been uh, pretty slack on that. Have been doing a good job keeping up with it. Fiddy left for the morning show a couple times. We had Shrop in here. I forgot about it. I've, I'll take responsibility for that. And so we're going to get back on the train, make the weekend picks just real quickly. Let's do Florida State at Wake Forest. Wes, it's your alma mater. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to pick Florida State. I don't see an upset happening, even though uh, your boys have come back a couple times against some opponents. I don't think that they're going to come back from the deficit they suffer early on in this one. Uh yeah, call me chicken bleep. Uh, as much as I want to pick Wake and with the upsets that's been happening in ACC, not quite sure, especially if Santino Marucci plays with the amount of almost interceptions he threw last week and also the two interceptions he did throw. Not sure if they'll be able to put enough points on the board. I'll take FSU. Who you got, Fiddy? And I'll if, get quicker with that, too, because we got to rush through these. If, if this was a Sopranos film, I'd say maybe Wake has a chance with Santo, Santono Marucci's a name. Santino. Yeah, Santino Marucci. Knowles by 90. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hold you to that. If you miss it, then you lose two games on us. Georgia Tech at UNC. No, it's on the other way around. It's not how it's written. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading the script here. North Carolina at Georgia Tech. Second road game here. I'm going to take North Carolina to bounce back. I Yeah, it's awful that they lost to Virginia. If you're a Heels fan, it's a painful one. I do think they, I don't think they allow uh, themselves to lose two games in a row. Same here. Take Carolina. Heels lose 28-24. <laughs> yeah, when it, when it rains, it pours. And it storms. And there's a hurricane coming in. That's what happens with Josh Fiddy Marlowe. Clemson at NC State. Give me Clemson. I go Clemson to on a bounce back. What you got, Fiddy? I part of me wants State to win this game just to see what dumbass comment Dabo would say in the post game. I think Clemson wins six to four. FAU <laughs> at Charlotte. Please. <laughs> We're about to play you the clip. Smoking on that Al Pat. Give me the Charlotte 49ers to keep the winning going on. Uh, Florida Atlanta looks to me like they have some type of competency offensively. They scored 56 points just two weeks ago when they beat South Florida. So, uh, I'm going to take FAU on that. You stink. Yeah, that's Sorry, tough. Man. That's Sorry. tough. I'm trying to beat y'all. I'm not trying to, you know. What you got, Fiddy? Go ahead. <laughs> there's there's no way Charlotte doesn't play uh, uninspired tonight with Noodle Arms Walker out there. Give me the Niners 21-20. <laughs> See, Fiddy. I knew. Me and you, man. In sync. In sync like that. 
Mercer at Western Carolina. I'm going to take the catamounts. I'll be Homer Walker. I've been accused of it a couple times. Well, I, might as well I mean, you're picking a really explosive offense. Western Carolina seems to be having a great season this year. I'm taking Western. Smoke would be proud. Is he going to be proud of you, Fitty? No, I want Mercer so I can listen to Smoke rant. I figured you would do that. Uh, Southern Miss at Appalachian State. Look, you might be down on the Mountaineers this year. If they lose to Southern Miss, that's going to be an awful loss. Give me the Mountaineers. Give me App as well. Sean Clark saves his job another week, 28-17. This one's a tough one. South Carolina on the road taking on Texas A&M. They've never won in College Station. Yeah, I keep going with South Carolina, and that one keeps burning me. I don't know why I keep doing it, <laughs> to be honest with you. I've missed on the Gamecocks a lot. Give me the Gamecocks. I'm, I'm, I don't learn from my mistakes. Gig them. I'm taking Texas a and A&M by three scores. Man, all right. When 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 Fitty picks against you, he picks against you. You ain't lying about that. I told you there's no gray area with we, Josh Fitty. We had we we started this off with a 90 point win for Florida State, <laughs> and we ended it with at least a 21 we point win. Panthers Texans for Texas A&M. Panthers Texans. I, I it's the first time in a while that we could do it. I'm doing it. Homer Walker is back again. The Panthers they get the job done at home after the bye. If not now, when? It's going to be the Colts, maybe the Bears. <sighs> Let's start off this three-game opportunity with a victory. Give me Carolina. Uh, give me, in the words of General Zod from Superman, Houston. Give me the Go check. scratch yourself. What you going to do, Fitty? I'm in lockstep with you, Walker. I've kept it quiet all week long, coming off the bye. I don't think Houston is as good as that record is. Give me the Panthers, 21-17. Got a couple homers here. Picking the Panthers. West, he's going with the Texans. Uh, you might not pick them to win a game this year. It might happen. And that's not, I'm not even saying that's real haterade. Like, it's a little haterade. You probably took a swig, but you didn't drink the whole bottle. No, I got to see more, you know, from them on a week to week basis yeah. before I feel comfortable with them going into game week. I mean, like I said, I think Houston's a formidable team. And yeah. I just don't think the Panthers are there yet to be able to collect a victory. Let's hit it before we get to the weekend. Week that was. Drop it, Fitty. All right, we got to go rapid fire because the Kyle Bailey show is coming up next. Uh, let's go back to Monday's show. I hyped up my rant to be the Don LaGreca version of me complaining about the Tar Heels loss. And I think it lived up to the hype. The lack of accountability I saw on the football field on Saturday was, was mind-blowing. You had two. You had two illegal substitution procedures. That should never happen. You have two of them. Nate McCollum, great transfer. Four drops. Never gets taken out of the game. And the one thing I was worried about when Tez Walker came back was they were going to force-feed him the football. There, were other, there are other guys on the roster, Chip, that you can throw the football to. Then Amari and Hampton. Five carries, 32 yards in the second half. I'm not a math major. That's 7.2 yards a carry. He had 112 yards on 19 carries. And Chip Lindsey goes, you know what? We're going to throw the ball 48 times while Drake May was never in rhythm and off point. No wonder why Gus Malzahn took away your play calling duties. Because when you needed to put together a game plan, you couldn't do it the other night. It's pathetic, man. But it's what this program does. So I, No, I'm not done. One of the, one of the big... I, I, I dated the same woman three straight times. That's not the dumbest thing I ever did. The dumbest thing I ever did was believe that that program would get it right. That that program would not fail me. That that program would not disappoint me. That's what they do best! I mean, this is... Uh, this going to be hard to stop. Are you done now? <laughs> I gotta breathe. <laughs> I forgot about the 
I dated the same girl three times, and that's not the dumbest thing right. I've done. Yeah. Line. That was a good one dropped in there. We got another rant to get to. Yeah, I wasn't the only one that I wasn't the only one that went to the foul line. So did Wes after the notion that Caleb Williams should sit out the rest of the year. And a lot of people caught strays. Listen, I'm so sick of this culture in college football that if your team doesn't have anything to play for, you need to sit out. I'm so sick and tired of it, I don't know what to do. Call me old man, get off my lawn, whatever the case may be. Can you guys stop thinking about money for one damn second, okay? If you decide to show up for summer workouts, if you decide to sign up to play for the year, then you ride with your teammates all the way to the end. I don't want to hear my my pro prospects. If, if I get hurt, it could be over. Well, don't play at all then, okay? If you want to do that, just sit out, go to the uh, local L.A. Fitness or wherever the hell you want to go <laughs> and train for the NFL draft. Don't come out here and play with us and definitely don't quit during midseason. And then these guys get on TV and they lie. Oh, hey, Caleb, that, that's my man. I, hey, if he's going to make a choice for his family, he's going to make a choice. Hell no. Nah. If I was his teammate, I'd say, I don't want to talk to you. Get the hell out of my face. Don't come in here talking about you down for us. I think Papa Fitty was a big fan of that rant as well, as you told us coming into today. With the gold chain. Yeah, with yeah, the gold man. chain. Sorry, brought it up again. All you right. sign up to play, you got to play. Last one. Last clip of the week. What you got, Fitty? The best maybe show surprise we've had all show. I have the Fitty Flash, but nothing beats Walker stripping Mitchell. Oh, so you're talking about your alma mater. I know Fitty. Hmm. And the one game we haven't talked about yet, it's the Charlotte game. Tonight, they take on FAU. And Fiddy asked me where my cutoff was. And I told him I left it at home. Yeah. Clown I, show. But what if I tell you I didn't? Oh. No, no, you're not that smooth. What <laughs> if I tell you that I'm wearing it right now? Get ready to tailgate at 430. Let's go. Let's go 49ers. Yeah, baby. Oh, get off the podium. My man hit it all morning. Let's go. Them owls don't know what's about to come to them. That's the first instant classic, right? I don't think we've ever had a uh, moment on a Friday that made it in same day. It might have. It might be. It might be. My favorite part is I'm getting ready to tailgate at 430. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't tell you when kickoff was. I told you when I was ready to tailgate. You got perfect weather. I do. Just eat good. That's all I'm going to ask at this point because I know your energy, you're floating yep. right now. That's going to lead to more drinks. Please eat enough to where you are not sitting there in the third quarter okay. with your head in your hand. I'm going to eat good. I'm going to drink good. And we're going to play good. Tonight, That's right. Baby. Go Charlotte 49ers. Thank you, Even everyone. Florida Atlantic. For joining. Yeah, I don't know why you had to say that. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Weston Walker. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Lover. Mm. They're coming up next. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.